Hi everybody, I'm excited to share with you this morning and I've entitled my message, Rebuke the Wind, Speak to the Waves. Rebuke the Wind, Speak to the Waves. My hope this morning is to shift our perspective and remind us what we are called to pray for and what position we are to take at this time. And then I want to share with you a prophetic word that I believe God has given me for our nation. Recently, I've been personally challenged to ask the Lord what is happening in the spiritual realm, rather than only focusing on what we can see in the natural realm. And we all know there's a lot to see right now. We're all familiar with the story of Jesus in the storm and the waves crashing over the boat. Let me read it to you. This is from Mark 4.37. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. And then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He rebuked the wind, and he spoke to the waves. You see, no one in the boat was unaware of the waves crashing over the boat, or that there was a storm. They could see the waves. They could see the water filling up the boat. What was causing the storm was the unseen wind. And Jesus rebukes the wind and he tells the waves to be still. And when the wind, the unseen died down, the sea was calm. We live so aware of the natural realm. And right now in front of us, there is a lot happening. And we can stop paying attention to the very real spiritual realm that is causing much of what we see. But Jesus rebukes the unseen wind. He rebukes the unseen that was causing the storm. And when the wind stopped, the sea became calm. Jesus took authority over the unseen cause. So I want you to keep this picture in mind. And I want to talk to you a little bit about what we as a church are called to right now. We believe God has called us to minister to both our neighbors and our nations. We talk about neighbors and nations. We are called to minister to this country, to affect this, this nation, to affect our state, as well as the borders beyond our nation. Before we moved to the States, we were praying about why here. And the Lord clearly said to us, because I'm giving you access to the nations. And we know that Atlanta is a hub to the nations. The Lord's heart is to bless the nations because God loves people. Let me read you two Psalms. Psalm 2 verse 8. Ask of me and I will give you the nations as your inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth as your possession. Psalm 82 verse 8. Rise up, O God, judge the earth for all the nations are your inheritance. God's purpose is for the nations to come under kingdom rule, which means there's going to be an ongoing spiritual battle for this nation and the nations of the world. Revelation 7, 9. After this, I looked and before me, there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people and language standing before the throne. A great multitude from every tribe, every nation. That is what stood before the throne. That is God's heart. Right now, there is a call to the Bride of Christ in the United States to ask for this nation, our nation, a nation dear to the Lord's heart. 
because this nation leads the rest of the world in multiple trends. This is a nation who has given much to missions because we have been blessed to be able to give much. This is a nation who has sent thousands of missionaries around the world to preach the gospel, to build houses and provide water and teach skills to the poor. And when you realize the effect that this nation, the United States, has had on the nations of the world, it is no wonder that the enemy is pressing so hard against her with distractions. It is not surprising that the next generation is being targeted because they are our next missionaries. They are our next evangelists on every one of the seven mountains. They have been born for such a time as this, not to be brought under spirit of confusion, but to be sent out to preach the gospel to their neighbors and nations. And we have a choice right now to get distracted by every wind of change and opinion, or we can stay in alignment with the word and what we believe God is saying prophetically. We can choose to take a position of prayer and intercession and declare God's truth, praying for souls and the souls of our children. Now, as we pray and as we fight for our nation, I want to remind us of three things. These are probably not new to many of you, but I just felt we needed this reminder. I have needed this reminder in this time. Number one, our victory comes not by might, nor by power, but by His Spirit, Zechariah 4.6. Number two, every battle is spiritual. The battle is in the wind. The battle is in the unseen. Ephesians 6.12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, when Jesus rebuked the spiritual force of evil, it manifested as calm in the natural realm. Number three, we fight from a place of victory, seated at Jesus' right hand. Ephesians 2.6 tells us that we are seated at His right hand. And it's from this place, recognizing that our battle is a spiritual one, knowing our position of victory, that we pray and we declare the Lord's breakthrough and restoration. It's from this place that we command unrighteousness and injustice to be quiet. When we are in correct position and we do this, we are doing a good work because now we are partnering with heaven to bring about restoration. When we are out of position, when we are out of alignment, we only add to the chaos, we add to the division, and we actually don't move anything. But we are going to choose to stay in position. We're going to choose to stay in alignment, fighting from victory. Two weeks ago, Greg preached on whatever we do must be from him, through him, and for him. Let's look at a few verses in the book of Nehemiah, which gives us some principles that will equip us as we engage the wind, as we engage the spiritual realm. So in, in the beginning of Nehemiah, the walls of Jerusalem are in ruins, and Nehemiah is about to start rebuilding. This is from Nehemiah 2.11. I went to Jerusalem, and after staying the three days, I set out during the night with a few others. I had not told anyone what my God had put in my heart to do for Jerusalem. There were no mounts with me except the one I was riding on. By night, I went through the valley gate towards the jackal well and the dung gate, examining the walls of Jerusalem, which had been broken down, and its gates, which had been destroyed by fire. 
See, Nehemiah is examining the gates. It's not like he doesn't see what's happening. But in a little while, we're going to see what he did when the enemy pressed against him. And we see him in the story looking at, at the different gates. And then it says, I say to them, these are the nobles and officials, you see the trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been burned with fire. Come, let us rebuild the walls of Jerusalem. And we will no longer be in disgrace. I told them about the gracious hand of my God on me and what the king had said to me. And they replied, let us start rebuilding. And so they began this good work. If we jump to Nehemiah 4 verse 1, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews. You know, some of the taunts of the enemy were, will they restore things? Will they revive the stones out of this heap of rubbish? But we know what the word says. The Lord promises that he'll bring forth beauty from ashes. Verse 6 says that the people had a heart and a mind to build, and they worked with all their hearts. I believe right now our work is to be found standing firm, build, rebuilding the walls of faith, because the work we are called to is a work of faith. It is not a work of the flesh. It is not a work that brings division, but it is a work that will bring healing to our nation. Let's look at three keys from Nehemiah as we pray for our nation. See, the enemy tries to bring confusion. He tries to bring failure. It's what he does. He wants to keep us focused on the storm. He wants to keep us focused on the waves crashing over the boat so that we forget to rebuke the wind. Nehemiah 4.7 But when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabians, Ammonites and Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were going up and that the breaches were being closed, they were very angry and they plotted together to come and fight and cause confusion to injure but because of them, we made our prayer to our God and set a watch against them day and night. So number one, they prayed. When the enemy tried to bring confusion and failure, their response was prayer. Nehemiah's response to the enemy's threats was prayer. Let's look at what else they did. Nehemiah 4.14. After this, I looked things over. I stood up and said to the nobles and the officials and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord your God, who is great and awesome, and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. He said, do not be afraid. So number two, we are not going to submit to fear. He said, remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. We are going to remember how big our God is. And number four, he said, fight for your families. We are going to fight for our families. We are going to fight for our children and for their children for the next generations. So why is all this so key that we don't get distracted, that we stay in position? Because when we are in position, fighting from a victorious mindset, when we are in alignment with kingdom order, I believe it increases our authority in the spiritual realm. Right now, we are fighting for the healing of our nation and we are fighting for the nations of the world. We are partnering with the Lord for his kingdom to be manifest. Psalm 67 verse 1 and 2, may God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine upon us so that your ways may be known on the earth, your salvation among the nations. That 
is what we're fighting for. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. This is verse six. May God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. That's what we're praying. God bless us so that the ends of the earth will fear you. We wanna be people who pray, Father, let your salvation be seen among the nations because of what happens in this nation. Ours is to humble ourselves. Ours is to pray, seek his face and his promises that he will heal our nation. Let me read you a quote from Jody Hughes. Our words awaken divine purpose and evict the enemy's interference in whatever circumstances we aim our faith at. Our words awaken divine purpose and evict the enemy's interference in whatever circumstances we aim our faith at. What are we aiming our faith at? See, Jesus' word of rebuke evicted the enemy's interference and calmed that which would have been destructive. His words in my mouth, his words in your mouth, spoken out in faith, have power to move mountains, have power to calm storms, have power to transform our nation. We can take a scripture like Jeremiah 29, 11, a well-known scripture, and we can declare that over our nation. We can say that his plans for the United States are to bless her and not to harm her, to give her a hope and a future. See, those words in our mouth have power. Right now, there is a call to the body of Christ to intercede, to pray, not stirring up division, because we are not unaware of the devil's schemes we see what's happening, but our, I believe our most powerful place right now is to be praying and interceding and declaring truth over our nation. We can choose to panic about the waves, or we can be those who declare truth, who create interference by our prayers and declarations. I wanna be that type of person. We can be those who speak to the unseen and see the kingdom of God manifest in the scene. Now I would like to share with you a prophetic word that the Lord has given me for this nation and I've entitled it, This is a Nation Dear to My Heart. A month before 9-11, we were in a meeting and the Lord gave Greg a word and he felt like the Lord said, tell my people, this is a nation dear to my heart. And I remember it took him a few minutes to be able to say this because he was so overcome with God's heart for the United States. During the next few months, as many proclaimed that the tragedy of 9-11 was the judgment of God, we just shook our heads and we said, no, the Lord has said, this is a nation dear to my heart. So two months ago, I was praying for our nation and this is what I believe God showed me. And he reminded me of that moment. He reminded me of his word over the United States. He reminded me of his heart for the United States. I believe this is what he said, as the supernatural power of God has been seen as something strange and not widely celebrated, even by my own people, walls of morality and faith and godly values have been broken down and compromised. Still, I promise you a hope and a future. I see my people, a remnant people turning to me, calling out to me with tears, as what has been precious to this nation 
is being torn apart. I am looking for a people where patriotism will first and foremost be to their kingdom citizenship. This is a nation dear to my heart, and I will have mercy on this nation. I too weep at what I see, but I'm never passive. In the shaking, I'm steadying the steps of those who choose to anchor themselves in me. I'm exposing evil that's tried to hide, and I'm unstopping wells of justice. Much has needed to be exposed, and it is time for the United States to stand firm on her foundations of godliness. To that which was on the heart of many of the founding fathers. Much of what we are seeing in the natural is a manifestation of what is happening in the spiritual realm. Just as the walls of Jerusalem in the book of Nehemiah had been broken down and needed to be rebuilt, I believe the Lord is saying, I am rebuilding the walls in the spirit to regain kingdom values and to stop the evil that is pushing so hard against that which is righteous. Because walls have been broken, walls of intercession, walls of prayer, in some places this nation has stood unprotected. Where there should have been a wall of protection in the spirit, there's been a breach. Right now, much of the world stands mocking the USA because of the propaganda of half-truths that are being told. But the Lord's narrative over the United States remains, this is a nation dear to my heart. This nation remains key to the rest of the world and the globe will see America standing firm, beautiful, healed, prosperous. I'm bringing godliness back. I'm putting spiritual builders in place of great influence. I'm turning hearts towards me and the revival fires will spread like wildfire and will not be stopped. During this time, which has been orchestrated to destroy, I have been repairing much. I've been repairing families. I've been resetting values. I'm repairing my church to be who she's called to be. Out of passivity is rising an army bride, one who's shaking off lethargy and clothing herself with strength and power and faith. Across the land, I'm rebuilding and restoring hope. I'm realigning the United States with her intended purpose. Key leaders with great influence are boldly going to speak of encounters with me. I believe the Lord said we were to watch for this. There is a shaking happening on every one of the seven mountains because of the great realignment that's happening. I will put key builders on every mountain to bring forth my kingdom. You will still hear and see of violence in the streets as the enemy reacts to every breach being closed as my people pray but he has no power to stop this move of restoration of foundations across this land dear to my heart. The ever-changing reports are just a manifestation of the spirit of confusion that is trying to stay afloat, that is desperately trying to stay in power. The demonic strongholds that have tried to hide in plain view are being exposed. And it is key to remember that we fight not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers that set themselves up against me. Wickedness in high places in the spiritual realm thought they had won, and for many ages have tried to destroy a nation that has been set up to display my power. I'm positioning you, says the Lord, America, to display one of the greatest revivals in history. There is a raging battle, but above the sound of war, you will hear the trumpet sound. There is a sound in the spirit over you, America. It is the sound of revival rain. 
It is the sound of rain that will heal nations and save souls and cause the seed sown to bear much fruit. What has been dormant will spring to life again. This is a time like no other for my church and my bride to walk in purity, to move in power and to love deeply and stand firm in faith. For too long, even those entrusted with my bride have taken from her and bruised her, but I'm setting my people in places of purity. This is a time of hearing and giving freely what we have been given. Those who have taken what was not theirs to take will find themselves in lack. But those who have sown good seed, those who have sown in tears, those who have sown in times of tears, I believe the Lord says you're going to reap an abundant harvest. The Lord says, my favor will be seen on those who have been hidden. I believe the Lord is saying, turn your ear to my voice, to my trumpet sound, to my roar over you. This is a nation dear to my heart. Let me pray for us. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you have given us authority Father, you've seated us in heavenly places. Father, you've seated us in victory and you've given us authority to rebuke the wind. And Father, I pray that as a church, you would give us eyes to see what you see. Father, we thank you, Lord, for your heart towards the United States. We thank you, Lord, that this nation, Father, is called to display one of the greatest revivals in history. And Father, we thank you, Lord, that this is a nation, dear to your heart. In Jesus' name, amen.